0: Welcome to another side quest for the Adventure Mechanics, I'm Chandler. Today I wanted to spend some more time talking about another topic we brought up in our Deadbolt episode, accessibility. The core of accessibility is making the game available to the widest number of people possible. This isn't the same as approachability, however. This is, you know, making the mechanics and gameplay clear and understandable. There is a case to be made that accessibility and approachability are in fact the same thing, but I don't think they are. It is possible to make a game's controls and visuals accessible to everyone, yet still be obtuse and have topics that make the game almost completely unapproachable to most people that try to play it. A walking simulator that tackles tough topics like a person's role in society or one's own mortality would be a good example of what I'm talking about. But if you think I'm making a distinction without a difference, let me know in the comments. With that caveat out of the way, let's talk about accessibility. I know this can be a somewhat contentious topic, with many erroneously claiming that making things more accessible will somehow compromise the developer's original vision. I'm going to state right now that this is nothing more than a red herring. As the industry currently stands, there's nothing preventing a person, company, or entity from making a game that caters only to people in peak physical and mental condition. Flashing lights, quick-time events that demand millisecond reaction times, and more can all still be developed. The fact we don't see many commercial games that do this is rather telling, however. There isn't much incentive to do so outside of an intentional or artistic statement of some sort. Moreover, those who are arguing that making a game more accessible only diminishes their experience in the game are arguing from bad faith. The fact that they're arguing that a game can make them feel lesser somehow if it includes things like, I don't know, a difficulty slider or a colorblind mode or adding another way to let other players engage with the game indicates that they're projecting on their hobby far too much. Developers are more than capable of both including modes or features to allow those with disabilities to play and enjoy their game and not ruining the vision of their game. Sometimes those features even add to the game and make it more enjoyable to play, such as the colorblind mode in Fortnite. Blending in using ridiculous skins may have been an unexpected feature in the game and probably not intended by the developer themselves, but not everyone was capable of seeing them. The fact that the colorblind mode began to be used by those without colorblindness to combat that abuse was just a happy side effect. Having a hard game for the sake of being hard is one thing. Doing so to make players with fragile egos feel better is a whole other ball of wax though. You can add in or exclude features to cater to both your goal of the game and include more people as well. So what do I mean by putting in features? It could be something as simple as having textures or patterns to go along with colors so that players with colorblindness can play your game. It won't cost much more in terms of design time, and you aren't limiting your game to those who can see colors the way you intended. In this example, if color is paramount and you can't put in the pattern as it would ruin your aesthetic, just be absolutely aware that you're cutting out potentially up to 10% of the population with a bad implementation of your aesthetic. In any game terms, 10% more or less sales could mean the difference between a successful release and failing as a development company, so keep that in mind. Now, that's not to say your implementation will be so bad that colorblind people won't be able to play your games at all, but I use it to illustrate a point. Disabilities, such as colorblindness, low vision, and deafness are all things that you at a minimum should consider while designing. It doesn't take much to walk through what you can accommodate and what you cannot in your game. Is a quicktime event really the best way to get the player to feel that emotion, or can you put it into a cutscene? Is it really that hard to put in closed captioning for your cutscenes? You aren't hard-coding all of those voices and text in there anyway, right? These are the type of questions that you should be asking as you design. If you're adding these in at the end of your development, you are way too late. A bit of foresight will do wonders to make sure that your game can be played by as many people as possible. As I point out ways to change your game, notice that I haven't touched on anything that changes the difficulty of the game at all. That's because I'm just looking at the low-hanging fruit. With accessibility in mind, you can go to town and tune your game into one that anyone can play. Or not. It's entirely up to you how much effort you put into including everyone. As you design your game, however, remember that all design changes that you will be making can be a barrier to those that want to play your game. I personally don't want to be responsible for causing someone to have a seizure, so I don't include many rapidly flashing colors in my games. You should be considering similar things. So far, I've only pushed for accessibility from the money perspective. Let's say you don't care if many, if any people play your game. You just want to make it. Good on you. I get the feeling. You should still at least look at making your game at least somewhat accessible. Good art strikes a chord with those that engage with it, and not everyone is you. Art games have a different audience, even if that audience is a population of one. Getting your vision or point across to that one person is still the point of making an art game. Making your game accessible will only help to get that vision across. It's still worth spending time to consider things that make your game easier to engage with. Like a handrail on a ramp, not everyone will need it. Those that do will certainly appreciate it, though. Obviously, this is a deep topic and can take a developer into a rabbit hole trying to accommodate everything possible. I'm not advocating for that here, but I do want to bring it up as a good introduction to it, since whether you like it or not, putting accessible parts into your game will change the way a non-trivial amount of players view it. When I go to playtest my tabletop games, if my prototype is not colorblind friendly, I don't have nearly as many playtesters as I would otherwise. It may be shallow of me to say it, but losing those extra playtesters makes my game objectively worse not only do i lose their input which could be the change i need to make my game from good to great but i also am souring that well to be able to use them in the future this is a straight up lose lose for me that being said your experiences may vary i'd be surprised if you didn't run to at least one person that was disabled in some way in your playtesting group though this is absolutely not all that i could have talked about in terms of accessibility but i feel like i've done at least a good introduction to the topic As always, if you want to talk about it more, think I missed something, or just wanted to comment on something I said in this episode, leave a comment either on this episode or reach out to me on Twitter. My handle there is at J-C-S-I-R-R-O-N, J.C. I'm still Chandler, and thank you for listening to this side quest. I'll talk to you next time.